0: Hi there, and welcome to Vineyard Church, Delaware County's podcast. My name is Michael Hansen. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I am so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. I'm going to have a little bit more to say at the end, but for now, enjoy the teaching.
1: You may be seated. Hey, everyone, it's good to see you all this evening. I just want to welcome you and welcome those joining us online on Sunday morning. My name is Vicki Curzonabe, I'm one of the pastors here, and I am so glad to be with you all tonight. Um, We are going to release our middle schoolers to class now, so if you are entering sixth through eighth grade, you can head out to the doors out to the left. Uh, Our youth pastor will be back there to meet you and take you off to the youth room. If you are visiting, say it's been your your first visit or maybe you have been here a couple of times, uh, we are just so glad you're here joining us tonight. We would love to connect with you for just a few minutes after service. So if you would stop by the info counter, Sandy will be there tonight to greet you. Um, ask you to fill out some information and we would just love to be able to reach out to you and answer any questions you you might have if you're joining us online maybe your first or second time and you're new to vcdc you can send us an email to info@vcdc.org, and we'll be sure to give you a call um, we are not collecting the offering, as you know, so if you brought your offering tonight, you can drop it off at the giving boxes in the back um, on the wall, or you're welcome to um, do any online um, offering. Um, you can go to vcdc.org, and there will be a box to click on to do that. All right, right. We'll turn your attention to the screens. Michael Hansen is going to share our announcements for this week.
0: Hey VCDC, hope you're having a great weekend. Here are the announcements for this week August 17th, Monday, August 17th, we have our next no contact food pantry and medical clinic if you need help or need food etc come on out uh, on Monday night or uh, let us know at info at and we will help you as much as we can uh, like we've been doing for quite a while now we will have another online devotion going out Wednesday afternoon make sure to check that out teacher recruitment our hope and plan is to reopen our children's wing in the near future to do that we are going to need teachers and helpers for more information and to sign up please go to info@vcdc.org our next equipped online that's a zoom equipped class is going to be focusing on marriage Uh, Tuesday, August 25th at 7 p.m. Andrew and Sarah Hudson, very excited about this, will be teaching a class called Sticking Together. Research shows that communication and conflict resolution are important in a relationship, but connection, bonding with your spouse is key. In this class, you're going to be taking a look at how to grow in the area of connection with your spouse. To sign up for this online, remember online Zoom uh, equipped class, go to info at vcdc.org. All right, uh, really excited about this Friday, August 21st, 7 p.m. at the Shelter House, just behind the church. We're going to uh, we're going to be having an evening of worship. This is. A family-friendly event we encourage you to come on out bring your own lawn chairs etc and again as the title says it will be an evening of extended worship under the shelter house as this is an outdoor event masks are encouraged but certainly not mandatory hope you can make it our featured small group for this weekend is a Westerville small group this group meets first second Third Wednesdays at 6.30, John and Connie Morgan, wonderful people, lead this group. Uh, Again, this is a Zoom group. They are not yet meeting in person. To get more information, please grab a card uh, in the lobby and let the leaders or reach out to the leaders. Or online, you can go to our website, bcdc.org, and uh, go to our small group section, and you can find the group there. Well, that's our announcements. Hope you have a wonderful week. Uh, God bless you.
1: Okay, great. We, um, we've always um, prayed for a church in the community every week. And so this week, we're going to pray for Living Word Lutheran. They're pastored by Derek Hurst. We're going to pray for Derek and his congregation and his wife, Carrie. So pray with me. So Father, we just thank you for Living Word Lutheran. We thank you for just um, their faithfulness and serving you, God, and just serving this community, we just pray a sweet blessing over them. Uh, we pray your protection and blessing over this beautiful family. Uh, give them wisdom. Give them discernment in this time and just refresh them. Uh, may they just continue uh, running this race and persevering for you and for taking the gospel forth. So we thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to continue with our sermon series. So give Andrew Hudson a warm welcome.
2: Thanks, Vicki. Hey, it is so good to be with you guys tonight. So good to be with you guys. I want to just start by asking you a question. Just kind of curious, how many of you planted some sort of a vegetable garden or herb garden this year? Number of you? Okay, a good handful of you. It's not as many as I thought. How many of you eat vegetables? I'll just pad my numbers here. It depends. Is bacon a vegetable? Right? Uh, uh, no. You know, I was reading yesterday, I think it was like USA Today or something like that, they put out an article that said that gardening this year has doubled, doubled, and I think that makes sense. I mean, people with, everything with COVID, people are, you know, spending a lot more time at home, some of their hobbies that they were using, doing before, they couldn't do that, so there's been a huge uptick in gardening. And even if you're not a gardener, you know, we live in a very, uh, it's a changing community, here, but it's, it's a growing community, but it's still a, an agricultural community, right? You don't have to drive very far to see cornfields and soybean fields. And, and just uh, like here, back in Israel, in the time of Jesus, when Jesus was teaching and living, he, that was an agricultural society as well. And so oftentimes, as we've been in this series looking at parables, Jesus uses kind of everyday things that people are used to seeing to make these profound spiritual points, these profound spiritual truths, and often we see that he uses farming or gardening kind of like analogies uh, to get his point across. Last week we talked about a farming uh, parable in the wheat the weeds, and we're going to look at another one this week that is traditionally known as the parable of the sower, or the sower, the seed, and uh, the soil. It's found in Mark 4. It's also found in Matthew and in Luke as well, but we're going to focus mostly in Mark. Each version has a little bit different nuances, but if you want to turn to your Bible or go to your phone app or the verses will be on the screens. I'm going to start off in verse 1 and read that. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out in the lake. While all the people along the shore were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching said, listen. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell in rocky places where it didn't have much soil, and it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop. Some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. And Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. It's kind of a weird way to end it, right? If you have ears, use them. He's saying, are you understanding the words coming out of my mouth? Right? He says, are you paying attention? And of course his listeners the crowd and, and the disciples and everybody listening, they understood at least at a surface level what he was talking about. They were very familiar with farming, at least, and being aware of what that was like. And so this was, again, pre-machinery days, you know, pre-tractor days. So a farmer would go out when it was time to sow seed and plant, this, plant the crops, he would have a big, large bag, probably like a satchel bag, you know, over his shoulder, reach in with both hands, grab the seed, and with some skill and practice, scatter the seed as evenly and as far as he could. Okay? But naturally, not all of the seed is going to land exactly where he wants it to land, right? Some of it is going to fall on the path. Some of it is going to fall in rocky places. Some of it is going to fall where there are going to be weeds that grow up. And so, of course, his listeners understood this, but they, they understood this parable to that level. But most of them didn't really know what he was talking about. In fact, even the disciples didn't know what he was talking about. They had to pull him aside and say, Jesus, hey, hey, yeah, we don't get it. Yeah, we don't really know what you're talking about. So, so Jesus kind of huddles them together. He pulls them together because he wants them to understand the secrets of the kingdom. He wants them to understand what he's talking about. And so he, he goes on and he tells them, in verse 14, what the parable means. The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. And as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others like seed sown among thorns. Hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desires of other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others like seed sown on good soil hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. And here in the gospel of Mark, Jesus says the seed is the word. It's the message of the kingdom is how Matthew puts it. It's the gospel. It's the good news. It's, it's how to receive salvation by following Jesus, by receiving the gift of salvation through grace and walking and following in the footsteps of Jesus. And that's being spread throughout the world. Now, Jesus doesn't specifically say who the farmer is, but I think it's pretty obvious. Like, he's the farmer. He's the one who first initiated, you know, the gospel message and sharing the gospel. But it's, the farmer is also the disciples. It's also Christians. It's also us. Anyone who is spreading the gospel seeds would be also considered the farmer in this story. Right? But the, the, the interesting part is the distinction here is the different kinds of soil that the seed lands in, right? And really, those are four different conditions of individuals' hearts, when they, hear this, when they all hear the same message, right, the, the condition of their heart determines how they receive the message. And so I want to kind of think of these four different conditions or soils of our hearts in these ways, in these terms. I want to think of first as the hard heart, the unrooted heart, the congested heart. That's those of you who think bacon is a vegetable, right? Uh, and the fruitful heart, right? Okay, so we're going to talk about those four things. The hard heart, the first one. The, heart is, the hard heart is the heart along the path that is hardened to the word, that is hardened to the good news of Jesus, and the seed cannot penetrate it. Verse 15, we read this a little bit ago. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. And as soon as they hear it, Satan, the birds, comes and takes it away, uh, the word that was sown in them. Now, it's helpful to understand when we think about this, the idea of the path is to think, know that farm fields in the first century don't look like farm fields today, where it's just acres upon acres upon acres of crops. Instead, in first century Israel, farm fields were long, narrow strips of, of crops with footpaths in between them, where the farmer could walk in between, scattering the seed, and then further on, checking on it. But, but feet going back and forth over time made that path really hard. It made it like concrete. And so when the farmer's sowing the seeds and some of it bounces on there, it's not gonna penetrate the soil. It's gonna sit on top and the birds are gonna come along and and eat it up. Satan's gonna come along and basically as soon as it lands, it's it's pretty much gone. The the hard heart is the heart of unbelief in the message of Jesus. It's the person who has no interest in, no interest in looking for a life with God. They might be kind people, they might be nice people, but their, their lives revolve around the things of this world completely. Their, their lives are involved in their jobs, in their kids, and, 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 and Netflix, and all of those things. And they're not bad things necessarily by any means, but they have no interest in a life with Jesus. But the hard heart can also be a person who is a very religious person, a very religious person, In Jesus' day, this could have been a very devout Jewish person or a religious leader. You know, it could be somebody today who might go to church fairly regularly, sit in a chair like you're sitting in, sing the words to the worship songs. But in their heart, in their heart, they've never actually had an experience of accepting Jesus. The message is always for somebody else. It's never for them. It never applies to their life. You know, they, they might check the box that they're a Christian, uh, but they can never recall a time where they were ever maybe brought to their knees before God, where their you know, eyes ever had a tear before God, or even just there's this softness or, and a receiving of what God is saying to them and offering them in their heart. It doesn't have to be a sob fest, right? It can be a gentle thing. But there's never a response to that. Uh, Charles Spurgeon calls this a heartquake. He says, it's, every person eventually has to have a heartquake experience where there is a shaking up in their heart to receive the gospel uh, message, where there is a plowing of their hard hearts so that the seed of Jesus can be planted in. And if you're here today, and if you would say, yeah, I don't know that I've ever ever," had that kind of experience. And we would love to pray for you at the end because that's a really big deal. And we would love that God, the Holy Spirit would come near you, soften your heart, and that you would receive Jesus for the first time. So that's the first, the first heart. The second heart is the uprooted heart. or I'm sorry, the unrooted heart, the unrooted heart. The second soil is represented in verse 16. Others like seed sown in rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Now, some translations will allude to this rocky place as being like gravel. It's gravel, or it's, it's a mixture of stones and soil. But that's probably not the, actually the best translation. In fact, actually, the best translation is, is basically saying that there actually is a thin layer of soil here. And it's good soil, but, but right underneath it is thick bedrock, like a huge slab of rock that is impenetrable. And so what happens is the seed lands on this soil, sprouts really quickly. In fact, it probably sprouts even faster than the, soil in the, than the seed that lands in the good soil because it's not spending time growing roots because it can't really even do that. So every, all, there's all this growth above ground But when the sun comes out, it's scorched almost as quick as it came up. You know, this is the the person who maybe initially is really excited about having this encounter with Jesus. Really excited. You know, they're all in. They're reading their Bible all the time. They're at church, like all three services, right? They're they're just all in, and they've got the t-shirt. They're wearing the WWJD bracelet. Do you remember those in the 90s? Uh, You know, they're all in, but as soon as a little trouble comes, or as soon as walking with Jesus isn't exactly what they thought it was going to be like. They quickly, you know, turn to find a different fix, to find a new solution to their problem. Uh, They have no anchor. Their faith has potential, but it's short-lived. A couple years ago, my wife and I and our kids, we lived, this is a few moves back, we had some neighbors that we got to know, uh, nice family, husband and wife. And I remember th- there was one day, though the wife came to my wife, Sarah, and confessed some really tough stuff, that she confessed that she had made some really poor choices that could really destroy her marriage. And, uh, and she was just really struggling with what to do, and Sarah had a good conversation with her, and you know really said. Uh, you know, you really need to confess this to your husband. You really need to tell him. And you really need to ask his forgiveness, and you really need to ask forgiveness from God. And in that moment, in recognizing her own brokenness and her own sin, she gave her life to Jesus. She gave her life to Jesus, and she started coming to church here, and we were so excited. She wanted to get baptized. She got baptized up here on this stage. And I remember the day she got baptized, her husband came, and I was like, this is awesome. Like, And I was sitting beside him, and I remember leaning over to him and saying, This is so great. I am so excited for your wife. And and I'll never forget what he said. He just kind of was like, Yeah, it's not going to last. She's just doing this because she feels so guilty. She doesn't really get it. And I just remember praying that not be true, Lord. I pray that she would grow deep roots. She would grow deep, deep roots. But unfortunately, a couple weeks later, a month or two go by. I said, she's not really coming around as often anymore. She's not really returning our texts, phone, call, phone calls. We're getting ghosted, right? And, and finally, Sarah kind of lovingly corners her, and she admitted that she was still really struggling, and she had made some more poor choices with another man. And she didn't understand what God wasn't—this wasn't just gone— and she didn't understand why 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 she you know like why she's still doing this. And she wasn't, she started looking other places to get her fix in life. And and I don't know where she's at right now. We've kind of lost touch. My hope and prayer is that she has, you know, been the prodigal daughter and God has, you know, God is always gonna be pursuing her and glad to welcome her back into the to the family. But but I just know in that moment she had a really unrooted heart. There was a big giant sprout at the beginning, but in the end, it, it showed that she, it, she lacked a lot of depth in, in, that, in that season, at least. The third heart, the third heart is the congested heart. Verse 18, So others like seed sown among thorns hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desires of other things come in, choke the word, and make it unfruitful. Jesus says there's going to be anxieties, right? There's this never-ending pursuit of money. There's these earthly longings that these kinds of things can have the potential to congest our hearts. This seed is interesting, though. It doesn't land on the path. It doesn't land in the really shallow soil. It lands in good soil. It just lands in good soil where there are also other seeds, there are seeds of thorns and seeds of weeds that are going to grow as well. And for those of you who are gardeners, you know that it seems like the weeds seem to grow faster than the things you want to grow, right? And if they go unchecked, and if you're not, you know, uprooting them from time to time, then they're going to destroy your crop. You know, they're going to destroy the things that you want. They're going to grow taller, and block the sunlight, they're going to compete with the water and, and take the water and nutrients and choke out the plants that you want. And, and the worries of this life, the never-ending climb up the ladder of success and the career and keeping up with the Joneses and the busyness of running here and there, if not checked and weeded out, can congest our lives so much that we become completely unfruitful spiritually. Now, all Christians go through seasons of feeling stagnant, right? We all go through seasons where there isn't as much growth or as much fruit as there, we would like there to be. And that's, that's okay. That's even, that's even normal, right? The, the, the fourth, you know, most crops, the fourth soil, it's not producing fruit every day of the year, right? There are winter seasons, right? The difference is the congested heart isn't in a dormant winter se- season. It's dying. It's dying. It's dying. It's, t- it's no longer taking in the light of the world in Jesus. It's no longer absorbing the living water in Jesus. You know, it, it, it's lasted the longest of the three seeds, right? But eventually, uh, it proves to be unfruitful. And I know with everything with COVID these last few months, there have been so many things that have been taken away, right? There have been so many things that have been canceled or pers- postponed or, you know, things like Buckeye football, right? And I, and I know, don't, I know, Sean, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but I wonder, and I firmly believe that when some of these things start to come back and we have this opportunity, I think, as, as a VCDC family to just check ourselves and say, hey, before I grab that thing back, and let that grow again in my garden. God, is this what you have for me? Do you want me to let this grow in here? Because I think there, are, there is an opportunity here for us as followers of Jesus to, to, to change, and as, as just American Christians in general, right, as, as, as how we live our lives, to just have the, respond to the invitation uh, that God is saying, hey, don't be so quick to just rush right back to the way things were in every way. Maybe, maybe some of those things were leading to some congestion in our lives that weren't very fruitful. But the fourth heart, the fourth heart, the final soil is the fruitful heart. Verse 20, others like seed grown in good soil, they hear the word, accept it, and just naturally produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what is sown. This seed falls in the good soil, not the hardened path, not the shallow soil with rock underneath, not the soil with weeds, the good soil, and it produces a crop of 30, 60, 100 times what was planted. Now, the point of this parable is not to figure out, well, what does a, a 30 times Christian look like, or a 60 times, or 100? It's not the point. Jesus is exaggerating here. Like, a, a, a farmer would have known that, hey, if I can get 10 times my return, that's amazing. So 30, 60, 100, that's all like beyond what I could ever expect, right? So that's not the point. The point is, the point is that the fruitful heart hears the good news that Jesus loves them, sees them, died for them, accepts them, forgives them, shows grace to them, and then they fall in the footsteps of Jesus. And over time, they are transformed into a new creation. They are transformed and they produce a great crop. There's abundant fruit in their life. You know, we don't have a slide for this, but Galatians 5, 22, 23 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. You know, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those kinds of things are what we start to produce in our lives and out in the world. And here's the coolest part. The coolest part is the seed grows up and does what? Makes new seeds. The seed becomes the sower. We begin to then share the good news of Jesus with other people. We spread the gospel message. So let me wrap up with this. Two questions. Two questions. The first one, have you been sowing seeds lately? Have you been sowing seeds lately? And if not, why? What might be holding you back? And I get it. Like with social distancing right now, you know, it it's can be a little challenging to interact with people the same way we always have. But But so many people right now have had the weeds in their life yanked out. And they didn't know they were weeds, but there is a vacuum of something in their life. They are looking for something in their life. They don't know what it is yet, but they're looking for life with Jesus. And so if we are aware of that and active in that, we can be, this is a great opportunity to be spreading seeds, but sometimes fear gets in the way, right? Pride gets in the way. Comfort gets in the way. This is a question that we have to consider. And we need to remember that Jesus, he's not telling this parable this part of the parable, this explanation, to the whole crowd, right? He's just telling this part to the disciples. He's telling it to the disciples because he doesn't want them to, to get discouraged. He wants them to know here's this is the reality is that one of four is going to land in good soil. And if you get discouraged every time, you know, you know somebody isn't interested You bring up the name of Jesus, or, hey, I'm going to church, and they just change the subject. You know, if you get discouraged every time, like, don't do that. Because because even if it's just one in four, like, it's worth it. When I look at so many of you, and I know so many of your fruitful hearts, like, that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me spreading seeds. And so it's an encouragement. It's an encouragement to never stop spreading kingdom seeds. But part of the reason that Jesus is telling his disciples this as well is it's not just so that they'll know how to look out there, outward out in the world. It's also to challenge them to look inward, in here. And that's the second question. What is the condition of your heart today? What is the condition of your heart today? Is it a little hard is it a little unrooted, a little congested? And here's what I mean by this. Think again that Jesus, he pulls his disciples into a huddle, right? He's looking at the 12 of them. He's making eye contact with them. And he knows that some of them are going to struggle with non-fruitful hearts. He knows it. Imagine, imagine Jesus making eye contact with Peter. Peter is going to struggle with an unrooted heart for a season, Think about it. Peter sprouts up. If you know the story, you know Peter in in the New Testament? He sprouts up. He's the most outspoken disciple. He's the Jesus right-hand guy. He's the one who says, I'll never leave you. I'll always be beside you. And what does he do when he hits a little rock? When he hits a little persecution? He denies him three times. I, I I don't even know the guy. Now, if you know the story, it ends very differently. Jesus transforms that unrooted heart to a very fruitful heart. He reinstates him and and Peter at the day of Pentecost shares the gospel. He throws a lot of seed out there and 3,000 plus seeds land in good soil, right? But Jesus knows, Peter, you need to listen to this. It's for you too. It's not just for out there. Think about Judas. Judas struggled with a very congested heart. Jesus loved Judas. They were very close. He trusted him with the money. He was the treasurer in the group, But the deceitfulness of wealth that Jesus talked about in here got the best of Judas. And he sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And the story didn't end as good as it did for Peter, you know. But Judas had a congested heart. And so we need to hear this message, not just so that we think about how we're to respond out there, but as, as Jesus is around his disciples, his church family We as a VCDC family, we need to be aware of this and be thinking about this to not only be encouraged out there and and, and sharing the good news, but also to be humble and willing to look and hear in our own hearts and to repent and just be humble and to say, Jesus and God, is there anything in me that you want to do? And again, it's never to condemn us. It's always to free us. It's always to dig up the bedrock, right? Plow the soil or pull up the weeds in our life so that we can be fruitful and experience love, joy, peace, all those kinds of things. Amen? Amen. Why don't we stand up? Worship team, we're going to enter into a time of worship uh, if the worship team wants to kind of make their way back up. And I just, I firmly believe that the Holy Spirit has been speaking some things to some of you As you've been listening to me talk today. And I firmly believe that the Holy Spirit wants to lovingly and gently come and do a little heartquakes in us. Areas in our life that maybe need a little bit of plowing, need a little bit of tilling, need a little bit of of breaking up or pulling up of weeds. And so I would just ask you to just be open to that. Be open to that. Be humble to that. Last weekend, I sat over there during one of the services. And I felt like God brought me to my knees. He brought tears to my eyes as I, I felt like he was showing me, hey, your heart has gotten a little congested in a few things. You're worrying about things in this world and pursuing some things that I don't want you to be spending your time doing. And so as we worship, let's worship unabandonedly. And we're going to have some time for prayer ministry later to respond to what God's doing. But let's also be sensitive and just aware and open to what God wants to do. So let me just pray real quick, and then uh, I know our worship team is going to lead us. So Jesus, we just say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. We invite you here. We invite you. We give you permission to come and shake things up in our heart a little bit. Because we trust you, and we know that you'll do it lovingly, And and kindly so that we can produce good, good fruit. Mm. Amen. All right, let's worship.
0: Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope that what you heard has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and to contact us, go to vcdc.org. We'll bless you. Have a wonderful week.